0: Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. We are sounding the alarm for the peril and the uncertainty that lie ahead. Our commitment is for the objective truth. As The Watchman, we will call out whenever we see those that live in the fifth dimension attempt to put feelings and emotions in front of facts and truth. And we do that by calling out the real motives of those living in the land of unlimited imagination. And we expound on the underreported facts and call them out every time. Today we're getting with uh, today we're going to be getting to those underreported facts with Annette Baker. She is our environmental science expert, homeschool teacher. She's a former chairwoman of the Berks County uh, Republican Committee South Region, and she's also our candidate, Republican candidate, running against Marxist Judy Schwank in the Pennsylvania State Senate 11. And just to be clear. We uh, want all of our listeners that are tuning in on behalf of Judy Schwank to relay to Judy Schwank that we would like very much to have Judy Schwank on our show. We want to give equal time to Judy Schwank. The problem is Judy Schwank does not want the questions that we have to ask. But if she decides to, to 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 man up, if you will, and come in, she can do this, and we'll be happy to chat with her a little bit. And, uh, and we'll be happy to chat with her about the facts and the issues that affect every Pennsylvania, every Pennsylvanian, as well as Berks County and uh, the policies of the day. So uh, let her know we'd like to have her on our show. Annette, welcome back to The Watchman. Thanks, Clay. Glad to be back. Well, it's great having you back. Now, Annette, you're, you're on the campaign trail. I know that because I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we're, we're out there, and we're out there meeting people in Trump roadside rallies. We've had success in uh, Redding, a couple of locations. We've had success in Muhlenberg. We had success the other day in Why I'm Missing Annette, can you tell our listeners what kind of success are we having? Are we really seeing one car a minute pull in for a Trump sign and information on you and the Senate candidate yourself?
1: uh yeah that obviously the uh the big draw is the president um you know everyone recognizes uh his signs and recognizes his name obviously so um that that always gets people's attention um and particularly yeah I, what you're talking about a car a minute is uh pretty close to to the average that we've seen everywhere we've gone yeah. and um it, it's amazing actually to see the excitement obviously when we start out it's it's a little slow in the beginning, um and then before we know it uh we've got cars coming in almost as quickly as we can hand out signs we have people pulling in um which is just exciting and and everybody that's working loves to see that happening um and then you know we have people putting signs together as fast as as we hand them out most of the time, um just trying to keep up and and that's that's the exciting part and and even when we're leaving, I mean we still have people. That are pulling in even as we're packing up. Hey, is it too late to get a sign? Can I get a sign before you leave? Um, and that's just, that's incredible. Uh, you know, for people to say that, that this area is definitely not Trump country. <laughs> I think, uh, what we're seeing is there, there is definitely excitement for the president. There's excitement for what's going on. Um, in this area, uh, the, the reception seems to be very, very positive. Uh, with the with the roadside events that we're having. So I, I think it's it's been great. It's been a lot of fun, actually. Well, a lot it is. of
0: work, but it's a lot of fun. It is. It's fantastic. And, and I'm going to tell you, I was sharing with our listeners in the last show, and I'm going to pass them by you here. But I look at Rasmussen Reports all the time. Annette knows this. Uh, she and I chat about it. But not just the daily tracking number that shows Trump tracking ahead of Barack Hussein and Obama from 2012. But also in his reelection bid, he's tracking, he's actually trending ahead of him in approval ratings. Or right at right at or above the numbers. They're pretty much there. But also the consumer confidence numbers are, are starting to grow. And the consumer confidence numbers, if they're not already there, they're almost ahead of where they were in 2012. I don't want to miss that either. But I think what's interesting here is then that what I'm seeing, and, and I guess what we're seeing in these roadside rallies. This is why we've got so much excitement, because people understand that Trump brought in the great economy that we had, but also, too, two-thirds of Americans, 67% of Americans are recognizing that Trump is siding more with the police against the lawlessness lawbreakers. And there's 60%, now that's not exactly, a you know, 67, but it's still 6 out of 10, 60% of Americans believe the Democrats are shouting more with the lawbreakers, the protesters, and the anarchists than they are the police. Annette, is that good for the Democrats to have 60% of Americans recognizing that they are on the side of lawlessness and that 67% of Americans are recognizing that Trump and the Republicans are on the side of law and order? Do you think that's why we're getting so much enthusiasm in Democrat-run Redding?
1: Oh, absolutely. The the people that are um, stopping at these events one of the things that I'll never forget the one time we did one, um, it was a Muhlenberg event that we did. I had a lady come up to me, put my, put her finger in my face and say, where do you guys stand on, on the police? Are you going to defund them? And I said, no, we're not going to defund the police. The Republicans don't believe that. And she said, good, give me the sign. <laughs> so, um, that was just one indicator, and I've had that multiple times, but, that particular incident uh, kind of stuck in my mind because, you know, she she went on to say that, you know, she cannot believe that in our country we're having a debate about whether or not to adequately fund our police. And that's something that, you know, I would never have thought would be an issue. Um, obviously, with all of the lawlessness that we see that's going on, um, I just saw a video uh, this afternoon of a. Um, a group of uh, Antifa um, demonstrators, rioters, actually, walking through a neighborhood at midnight in Chicago, threatening to burn down the houses and kill the people inside. That is what, really, this this whole election comes down to. So There's you're one that side law- that's on you're the s- side. You're, Sorry, saying
0: that, you're saying that law and order is going to be on the ballot.
1: Law and order is definitely on the ballot. If if you're voting for someone with a D next to their name, um, sadly, the the Democrats have aligned themselves that's with right. you know the lawlessness, and yeah, and that's that's, right. that's exactly what it comes down to is yeah, we have anarchy it, that, versus law and order. That.
0: And the polling shows absolutely. it. absolutely, and, and people that's know that's it. it. The people know it. That's, but what's interesting they is do. the polling. The polling shows it. But what you and I are seeing is a corroboration if you will, approving of what the polling's showing. We're seeing it on the ground. Keep in mind, folks, Redding is heavily Democrat. Muhlenberg is heavily Democrat. Now, Wyatt Missing's more of a 50-50, but it's a lot of Democrats. And I'm telling you, folks, when you see this kind of excitement for Donald Trump and for Law & Order, that's encouraging. And I tell you, as Annette said, if you've got a D next to your name like Judy Schwank, it's a real problem. Wouldn't you say, Annette?
1: Well, I think any of the candidates out there right now that have Ds next to their name are going to have to answer that question about law and order. Um, because the party as as a whole, at the national level in particular, but I would even submit you know, here in, at the state level, but the national party in particular, um, their, their whole uh, platform that they're developing right now – Revolves around, um, basically the, the, the idea that we don't need the police. We don't need law and order. And we can do, we'll do just fine by defunding the police. Um, and, and unfortunately for the Democrats, uh, most voters are more intelligent than that. They understand. And you know, what's very interesting is when you talk to people, when we're handing out signs, uh, very close to the city, uh, the, the, the city line, um, in, in near Redding, people were, were saying they don't want fewer police. They want better trained police. They want more police that, that are, uh, in fact, you know, talking to people. I haven't met one yet that has said, get rid of all the police. The only people that are really saying that are the kids that have, and I use the term kids, the young people that have been duped into believing what the Marxist movements and, and communist movements are teaching them, teaching them that we don't need to worry about having any kind of police uh, to, to keep anyone safe or to you know, enforce law and order. We well, can do that just fine on our own.
0: Let's talk about their platform a little bit. We just talked about the defunding the police. That's a big one that the public doesn't like. Let's talk about some more very unpopular ideas. They, they put all their bad ideas on one platform, okay? So we're going to get into some of these bad ideas here, and Annette and I are going to have some fun, kind of ripping apart the Democrat platform, because quite frankly, folks, this is a platform that wants to end America. That's what this is. So we're going to get to this. Now, first off, we talk about we talk about America first versus globalism. That's what this is. Their platform is a globalist platform, not an America First platform, but a globalist platform. Now, they support a wealth tax, which is basically a tax assessor coming to your house and seeing what expensive whatever's you had that you purchased and uh, wanting to tax you on material, material belongings. That's what wealth taxes are. It's not just an income tax. Corporate taxes. They want to raise corporate taxes to get rid of jobs. They want to make it so that we're less competitive, and that way industry can move overseas and get a better deal in China. I guess that'll help jobs in China, but it won't help them here. And, of course, they want to eliminate and outlaw private health care insurance. They want Medicare for all, including Medicare for illegals. Now, what's interesting is I just see this. I was watching an interview on Fox News, and this woman said, the woman they were interviewing, I can't think of her name, but she said, she said, uh, Biden does not support Medicare for everybody. Well, let me help her understand, because I saw it in debates. Uh, Annette, you've seen it in debates. Didn't he raise his hand <laughs> that he wants to give illegal immigrants Medicare? I yeah. mean, I mean, honestly, this, yeah. this, I mean, they're lying. I mean, she's lying to the American public. But, I mean, Annette, what do you think about those platforms to make China great again? They want to keep China as a favored nation status. They want to make China great again. When I say that, it's not just – I mean, it's a little tongue-in-cheek, but make no mistake about it. When they gave China favored nation status, and they want to keep that, that's that's about making China great again. I mean, and that what are the what's on their platform about illegal immigrants and sanctuary cities? on that?
1: Well, you know, it's amazing because uh, there are there are uh, cities. Actually, California was just talking about making sure that all um, people that are here illegally would be able to get. Uh, to get healthcare, um, the, you know, without, without cost to them. Um, and they were also talking about, um, extending, uh, unemployment benefits. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, um, did, did have they paid in? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, to the thought that we are now going to extend benefits to people that are not part of our citizenry um that just it it boggles my mind and, and you know what i what i saw on on facebook and and parlor where actually video of thousands of trump supporters in california and somebody actually said is california in play question <laughs> mark um which you know again brings us back to you never know what's going to happen in politics 2016 taught us all that very thing is that we just never know. Um, and, and there is rising sentiment. People are tired of getting taxed out there. They are tired of having, you know, their benefits. They're, they're watching what's happened with, you know, their churches are being closed forcibly and people are being threatened with fines and, and, uh, imprisonment in some cases. And, and yet people are allowed to riot and, and protest and there's no consequences. They can do whatever they want. Um, so people are seeing the, the clear double standard. Um, and that's, I think that's the other thing that, that is unwritten in the Democrat platform. Um, but is obviously there that there are two, two standards of law and, and that's, and, and, you know, as far as governing. And that's something that I think the American people, particularly here in Pennsylvania, we've all seen it. You know, we're living it. So people are very upset with that. They're very, they're very fed up with the idea that, you know, there's one set of rules for a certain group of people and another set of rules for everybody else. And I think that, that the backlash, um, is, is what we're going to see in November. Um, I think we're going to see some, you know, there, there's definitely going to be some, uh, response to that at the ballot box. And that's where, you know, I kind of think about the, the national popular vote compact that I've talked about before. Wouldn't it be something if if uh, the president wins, you know, not just a landslide in the electoral college, but actually has a significant number, um, you know, significantly wins the the national, po- you know, the popular vote across the country. I'd love to see that bill go the way of the dinosaur for another 10 years or so. Well, I think, I think um, to I mean, not I, have I, to I worry think,
0: about it. I think you would like to have on this radio show, Annette, I, I think you would like to have Judy Schwank on here so you can have that discussion with her, right?
1: Sure. I, yeah, I would, I'm, I am uh, looking forward to, you know, opportunities to discuss policy with her. Um, you know, I, that's something that, uh, I, I would like to do. Uh, because so I believe okay. that we have okay. two very different
0: yeah, we we have an open we have an open invitation yeah. for her, right in
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Okay. Happy make, to happy to talk policy. Yeah, we're we're make sure we have an open invitation on this show for her. Anyway, um, but but how? But you know what's interesting is any party that wants to fund sanctuary cities, any party that's looking to give a group of people who are here illegally benefits that the rest of us that are here legally uh, are getting. I mean, any party that's willing to do that is the same people are the same people who will support policies that will support disorder crimes existing, as well as supporting uh you know, lawlessness in the streets. And we see that now in Portland. We see that now in Chicago. I mean, it's unbelievable what you're seeing in Chicago. You get the mayor of Chicago, she's allowing this disruption to happen. This is what's going on. Folks. These these people are out there now totally disrupting what's going on, but they're allowing this disorder. And the American people, as Annette and I have, have just talked to you about, but we, we are here to confess and attribute and to them. the American people. See, when we when I re, when I recited a poll to you from Rasmus, that 60 percent of Americans believe that lawlessness, mob rule and Democrats are all in the same sentence. Folks, we see that in Reddit. Why do you think we got Democrats raising their thumb up, saying "thumbs up for Trump," hitting their horns going by, seeing the Trump signs? (laughs) This is why we're seeing it. I mean, now, Annette, one thing I think you're in favor of. Maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are you in favor of stacking the Supreme Court?
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, that's a bad idea. Very bad idea. All right, so this is another, (laughs) and that's that's one of the concerns too. Is you know, there's a lot. And, and you're right on this. I mean, there are so many issues that people need to understand. This really is, and I know we've talked about this before, you know, pivotal election. I truly believe, and I've talked to a number of people who have said the same thing. They believe this is a do or die election. Because if we don't get out there and get the votes out and, and make sure that the rule of law stands, there they are going to peel back a lot of these things, the, these issues. And, and like an onion, it's going to be one thing after another after another. And you're right about stacking the Supreme Court. Joe Biden has already said that he would, he would be okay with that. And if he picks Kamala Harris to be his vice presidential pick, um, she'll be more than happy to, to help with stacking the Supreme Court. Um, I've heard that she may not be his vice presidential pick. She may actually, um, she's being encouraged to consider becoming his attorney general. And if you followed her track history out in California, that should terrorize that should strike terror into everyone's heart and <laughs> make sure you get out and vote um and get your friends out to vote because she wrongfully imprisoned people uh rather than admit that she had not prosecuted the cases correctly um It wasn't until she was forced to admit that it was incorrect that that they were finally let go. And, and you know, can you imagine? I mean, Eric Holder was that kind of AG. Do we want another one like that? My personal opinion, no way, Jose. I'm not, no, uh-uh. <laughs> no well, way.
0: Why don't you explain for our listeners, explain for our listeners why eliminating the Electoral College would be bad.
1: Well, the Electoral College was was established by the Founders, Um, It is a myth that it was added later. It was not. It was originally there. Um, It was part of the three-fifths compromise. Um, The idea was that you would have um, the representatives and um, senators elected based on population. And every senator, there's two senators for every state, and then the number of representatives is based on population. So the The beauty of the electoral college is that smaller states think Delaware think um sparsely populated states Montana, Idaho, North, and south Dakota um uh, those states, even some of the what they call flyover country in the middle of the country that that is not as densely populated as areas you know even like Pennsylvania because of of Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, we have you know a large uh population. Compared to some small states, without the Electoral College, the large states would actually determine who becomes president. And they've said that basically, given um, the National Popular Vote Compact, if it were enacted, states like New York, California, Texas, Florida, possibly Connecticut, um, because of their um, the the size and the number of people. But it would be the, the larger states that would determine who the president would be. Basically, the rest of the country would have very little say and thus very little representation Mm -hmm. nationwide. Um, and that's, that's a concern. And that was a concern when they, when they first crafted the Constitution. They realized that the smaller states would not have equal representation or have the opportunity to even come close to having equal representation. That's why the Senate is made up of two senators per state, regardless of population size.
0: But the Democrats are, in fact, talking about eliminating the Electoral College, aren't they?
1: Correct. The idea is to go with a national popular vote. No, but, but and this so let's unpack that a little bit, because when you start looking at that, some states have motor voter laws. Right. Pennsylvania is now one of them where you can get a license. Um, some states allow, uh, people here illegally to obtain driver's licenses, which means they then can be registered to vote. They, they say, you know, just at the local level, they're allowed to vote. Um, the problem with that is once you open the door, and we've seen this time and again, once you have an opening in one area, there will always be a push to expand that. So eventually what will happen is it will be, you know, people will say, well, it's only fair if they're, if people are living here, they're contributing to the taxes, they should have the right to vote, not just in the local uh, elections, but nationally. Now, according to the Constitution, you have to be a a citizen of the United States in order to elect our president. Um, and that's where the, the problem comes in when you start having people voting that are not legal U.S. citizens. And this is where my concern with the census, um, because we are not asking whether or not someone is a legal resident, a citizen of the United States, that can skew the numbers. If you're counting everyone that lives in one particular voting precinct, Um and I, I brought this up to somebody the other day, I said, you know, you can have a thousand people who live in one precinct, just as a, a round number. Say a thousand people and you have 500 people that are registered that are citizens, but you have 250 maybe that are not citizens, but are counted in the census. That's 250 people that can be easily be counted in to vote when they shouldn't be because you don't know what their status is. And that's one of the problems with not ha- asking that question. Um, and I don't quite, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of problems, but that's just one of them. Um, when you start looking at, at voter integrity as far as our ballots and our, the mail-in ballots is another issue that people have said. Um, in fact, I got a flyer today asking me to request my, my mail-in ballot. Um, some states are taking the, you know, extra step of mailing out one ballot per registered voter all across the state and looking at some of the voter rolls. Even here in Berks County, there are people that have not voted since the 1980s, some from the 1990s that are inactive voters. But they would they would then get a ballot mailed to them, whether they wanted it or not. They would get a ballot mailed to them. And who's to say that someone else doesn't take that ballot, mail it and mail it back in?
0: Well, we have did. to
1: have, you know, that's where the the signatures come into play. But it's a very time consuming process. To match everybody up to make sure the signatures match, you know, there's a lot of work that's going to have to go into making sure that our our elections have are, are you know valid and and definitely but Pens- our you know our
0: but, voting but is South- kept safe. But here in Southeast Pennsylvania, and again we're we're talking about Pennsylvania, we basically just extended the absentee ballot rolls, which are pretty solid. I mean, obviously, when you break the chest- the chain of custody with the ballot, it becomes it can become. A problem it can become problematic, but I would say that our mail yeah
1: that's one of was, the concerns, yeah, yeah. but yeah, the- you're right and and that's where Pennsylvania, I think has led the way in in many regards because of the strict um voter identification rules you know to to have the mail in ballot. it's treated very much like an absentee ballot, so I think it's much more secure than other states, and that's something that you know i I will applaud the the legislators on getting that portion of it correct in that they, you know, it, there's definitely more safeguards in place than other states. Other states don't have anything like what we do. Um, and that's a concern. And when, if you go to the national popular vote, kind of circling back to what we were saying, if you go to the national popular vote, we have to be able to say that all of those votes are legal citizens. We'd have to be able to say that all of those votes um were counted each individual citizen that, you know, should be voting and that there was no fraud. And, and we've seen in other states and even in Pennsylvania, I mean, there were some precincts in, in Philadelphia that 110, 118% turnout. Not possible. (laughs) But, you know, and 100% of the people voted for the Democrat, which was Hillary Clinton at the time, not one single vote for Donald Trump, which you know, that raises some concern as well. Um, but that's something that, you know, with the national popular vote, it really does, um, an, an end around, um, with the, with the electoral college and puts us into a, a pure democracy. And that's what the founders realized. We, we were never meant to be a democracy. We are a representative republic and they had it that way for a reason because they saw what happened in Rome under the democratic rule. In the, in the ter- you know, in terms of a, what, what they call a democracy, um, a pure democracy where it's 51% rules. They wanted to make sure that those people who are in the minority, that those who had less than 51% of the voting block were also at the table and were able to be heard and not just because they had, you know, a certain number of people on their side and, and, and that was the end.
0: Well, we are out of time. Thanks, Annette, for bringing us to a conclusion on our show today. Thanks to all of our listeners for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate all of our listeners for tuning in. Every week, we changed our time. Now we're being aired on Saturday mor- uh, Saturday afternoons at 1 p.m. Uh, so please tune in every Saturday at 1 p.m. to, to our show, The Watchman, and, uh, and for this compelling, dis- distinct discussion. So thank you, Annette, for being with us. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. See you next week on The Watchman. For Annette Baker, I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.